Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. This is the third week of our series called Unhinged from Pastor Josh Finkley. Enjoy the message. How y'all doing? You good? Good, man. It's so good to see you guys. And man, I'm excited about being at the 1130 service. And, and, and I can tell there's, there's a little bit of energy in this room, all right? There's some people excited about being here today. And I know last week I had to be gone and ended up uh, kind of doing the, vi- the sermon via video. And uh, so I'm glad that you were able to be here. Hopefully you were for that. If you didn't, you can catch up with that later. Um, but, but I'm excited to be back. And, and we've had a great day so far. I'll tell you, from Thursday night to, to, to two services already here in Conway, uh, God's been doing some great things. And I fully anticipate He's going to continue uh, to work over the next, next hour. And, and let me just say this, that, that if you are new with us, we want you to get connected. See, our whole vision really as a church is that you will find what truly matters, and what matters is Jesus and connecting with others. And uh, so we want to help you do that. And uh, if you're new with us, use a a QR code in front of you or stop by a Connect Corner or a Connect Tent. Do whatever you got to do that way. If you're online, um, we've got some hosts that are there for you, and they would love to connect with you as well, all right? And, And there's some things coming up this week that are great opportunities to get connected, that I want to make sure you're aware of just in case. Uh, if you don't know, uh, one of those is tomorrow night at 6.30. We are having an event here called a VIP huddle. Now, what we mean by VIP is we call all of our volunteers VIPs um, because they are very important people. But more than that, it means that they are vision-inspired people. And uh, they catch the vision. So tomorrow night, we're gonna talk about our vision. We're gonna dream about some things in the future. So if you're a current VIP, make sure you come tomorrow night at 6.30. Uh, you might be going, well, I'm not, but I wanna come. I wanna hear the vision. Well, come on, because we'd love to get you connected that way. So there's a great opportunity right here in this room tomorrow night at 6.30 Or if you can't come tomorrow night, then next Sunday, as soon as service is over, we're having a thing called walkthrough. And walkthrough is just a great way to get plugged in and a great way to hear about the vision of the church. So many, uh, much of the stuff we're going to talk about tomorrow night, I'm going to cover it walkthrough next week as well. So, so use one of those to get connected. And then the last thing that's coming this week is we're having a middle school event on Friday night. Now, our middle schoolers gather uh, every Thursday night together, but on Friday night, they're having a special event. So if you're 6th, 7th, or 8th grade or know somebody 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, make sure they know about it. You can find out details on the app um, or at the Connect Corner. All right? Now, let, let me dive back into this series that we're calling Unhinged. And I'm just curious, for many of you who've been here, have you enjoyed or at least benefited from this series that we're calling Unhinged? You, you with me a little bit? Good, good, good. Because if we're all honest, this is something that we struggle with. Like Unhinged, we said from the beginning, is about how to keep from getting off track, off kilter, unhinged in our mind. And, and 
we're guilty of it. That, that I think all of us would admit that there's times we get unhinged. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about anger and talked about how we can get unhinged when it comes to our anger. Uh, last week was all about sex and lust. And we talked about sex, but, but we talked about sex to give it a good definition so that we could better understand how we get unhinged with lust. And, and we dealt with that. And if you weren't here, you can go watch that on our YouTube channel. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about worry and, an, and anxiety. Now, I know nobody deals with worry or anxiety, so, so nobody even needs to come next week, right? Like, we've all got that one figured out perfectly? No. We all need to be here, and so does all of your friends. And for you students, your parents, definitely, right? You know what I mean? Like, because we, wor- we, we worry, we have anxious thoughts, so next week, we're gonna talk about that. But this week, we're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to talk about how we get unhinged in our mind when it comes to revenge or retaliation, right? That happens, doesn't it? Because, because revenge and retaliation is very normal emotions that we run through. It's different than anger. Anger is like something can happen and you immediately have an emotion of anger. Revenge or retaliation means something bad has happened that has been caused by someone and you want revenge. And as people, that's naturally how we go. I remember a time when I was a kid, and I, I don't remember how old I was. It was probably second or third grade because I remember the house we were living in. And it was at that, that time of, of life where my, myself and my brother, we were at home all the time by ourselves. We were, we were latchkey kids, you know what I mean? Generation X. Anybody remember being a, a latchkey kid? Some of you are with me. That was back in the days when mom and dad both worked and they gave you a key. They said, just be alive when I get home. That's all they cared about. As long as we didn't die, it didn't matter. And, and so that's how I grew up. And so again, I was probably second or third grade. My brother was two years older than me. And for some reason, he was always picking on me. Like I never did anything wrong or deserving of it, right? But for some reason, he was always picking on me. And I don't know what happened on this day. I don't know what I did. But for some reason, my brother took off after me. Now, again, he was older, he was bigger, he was stronger, but I was faster. So I ran. And I remember that day, I ran out the front door of the house, and he, he followed suit, and he chased me. I ran in through the garage, and I came in through our storm door. And I, I don't know if you understand a storm door. It's basically an exterior door, but it's not glass. They're plexiglass. And we had one of those in our, in our garage, and I opened up the storm door and ran in, and he was still chasing me. I went out the front door again, and I came in through the garage, and, and this time he was getting closer, and I went through the storm door, but this time I slammed it behind me. And then the next thing I know is I hear, ah, help. So I stopped, and I turned around, and lo and behold, there is my brother who has somehow tripped and went towards the storm door, and because it's plexiglass, when he hit it, it didn't shatter, it just cracked, and his head went through, and now it was stuck around his neck. And he's like, Josh, Josh, you gotta help me. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. Like, he wasn't bleeding. He didn't look like, a, like an artery had been slit. So I'm just like, no, no, no. He goes, you got to help me. You got to help me. I'm like, you'll kill me. <laughs> right? 
because he was unhinged. And I knew immediately revenge was coming. So I waited. And I made sure he had calmed down. He's like, I promise, I promise, I won't do anything. And then I, then I helped him to get out. See, I knew revenge would come. Retaliation would hit. Because that's how we are as people. I mean, think about all the movies we watch. You know, the newest Spider-Man. This is a great one, but it's all about revenge. Game of Thrones, all about revenge. Any Liam Neeson movie you've ever seen, all about revenge. As people, that's where we go. But, but Jesus said there's a better way. And I want to look and see what Jesus had to say. I want to see how he says that there's a better way. And, and to do that, we're going to go back and we're going to look at a sermon that he preached. Now, it's found in Matthew chapter 5. You can also find it in the book of Luke. Matthew and Luke, they are just biographies that guys wrote about Jesus. And we still have their words today. Reality is that we've been reading his sermon uh, that we often call the Sermon of the Mount. Um, we've been reading it since January, and every week we've just been pulling a different part of it out. And, and that's what I want to do again today. So Matthew chapter 5, this is what Jesus had to say about revenge. He said, you've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Just curious, how many of y'all have ever heard like that kind of statement? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, or maybe, you know, a tip for a tat. You, you, you've heard that kind of language. And, and what it is, is it's, it's a common law that basically says, if somebody does something to you, then you should get equal retribution. That's basically what it's saying. And you could go back to the law of Moses. This was a, a thing that Jesus was quoting that, that between 12 and 1400 years earlier that the people had said, Moses said this, this is our law, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. You could also go back to what's called the law of Hammurabi. Hammurabi was the king of Babylon back in the 1500s. And they had a law that was very similar. And that law that was very similar is the same idea. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That, that if somebody does something to you, then you have the right to get even. And if we're honest, that's how we kind of live. Now I'll say kind of. Here's what I mean by that. That when something happens to us as people, we think, well, I've got to get even. That, that somebody gossips about you. Well, I got to get even. That somebody is mean to you. Well, I've got to get even. That, that somebody cusses at you. Well, I got to get even. That, that somebody does something at school. Maybe one of your friends starts dating one of your exes, and you're like, well, how dare you? Now I got to get even. That, that somebody does something at the office and, or at work, and you're like, I got to get even. Like, that's naturally how we go. That, that we think that we want to get even. And when we're young, I can say this for guys, as young men, we think, well, I got to get even, and we go to fist. Uh, may, maybe another way we think, well, let's try to get even is maybe you go to the keyboard or your phone, and you're like, well, I'm just going to say this about them. You ladies, you have a different way of getting even. <laughs> and I'm going to be real careful because I don't want any of you trying to get even with me right now, Okay. 
But right, like, like, like somebody does something to you, you're like, oh, no, you didn't. And you put the grudge going on inside your heart. And you're like, I'm just going to ignore them. Right? Like we struggle with this idea. But, but I'll be honest. Like I don't think that, that we even follow this idea of an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. Because we don't just try to get even, do we? We try to one-up them. Right? Like we're like, I'm not just going to try to get even with you. I'm going to go one step further. That, that, that it's not an eye for an eye, it's two eyes for an eye. It's not a tooth for a tooth, it's your whole mouth for a tooth. Like, like that's how we operate. It happened to me, it happened to me right here at church. Right here at church. I ended up talking to a guy, his name's Doc, he's a friend of mine. And, 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 and this happened in our relationship. You see, what had happened is... Doc, if you don't know him, he's an App State grad, App State University. Uh, he graduated from App State. He actually played football there. And um, last or two years ago, Coastal was taking on App State in football. It was on a Saturday night, and we won. And I happened to come into the lobby, and I happened to see Doc there. And for some reason, I happened to say, oh, hey, Doc, did you happen to see the game last night? To which he goes, oh. Is that how we're going to play? Is that what's going to You happen to win one game finally, and now you're going to sit over there and talk, 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 talk. Like for four years, I haven't said a single word to you, Josh, but you win one game, and now you're going to talk. Well, you go ahead. You did win last night. So yeah, you go ahead, but you just wait. And I was like, Doc, Doc, I'm just messing. And he's like, no, no, no. Remember, you started it. Well, sure enough, this year, App State and Coastal played again. It was a Wednesday night at App State. And App State happened to get really lucky because it was windy and rainy, and they, they happened to win the game. And, and I, I you know, went to bed that night and woke up the next morning, Thursday, and I was leaving to my house to come to work. And as I pulled out of my garage, I looked up on the front steps of my house, on my front porch, and there was an App State flag hanging there. <laughs> and then I got to the office and I walked in and on my desk, there was an App State hat. And then I walked out of the office. I'm outside with one of our pastors. And I tell you, Doc must have been like spying on me because now all of a sudden he comes through in his car in the parking lot and he pulls up right in front of me, stops, get out. He gets out with a little handkerchief and goes to the front of his car where he's got an App State license plate and he starts polishing it off in front of me. I was like, okay, Doc, I get it. He goes, I've only just begun. I've only just begun. I was like, no, no, no. He goes, oh, no. See, see, Doc didn't live by this verse. He didn't do eye for an eye. He did two eyes for an eye. And I think that's how we live. That's where we go. That we don't even think I just want to get even when somebody does something to me. We take it a whole nother level. But, but that's not what Jesus said to do. Look back at this verse. Look at how it finishes. He says, you've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth. But look at what Jesus says. 
But I say, do not resist an evil person. I mean, look at that. Look at, look at what he's saying right there. I say, don't resist them. Guys, that's not how we operate. We want an eye for an eye. We want what is ours. And, and if anything, if we don't do an eye for a lie, an eye for an eye, we at least say, well, I'm going to ignore the person. But Jesus says, no, change your attitude. Don't resist them. Engage them. Don't let your anger hit a point where you want to attack somebody. No, change your attitude and engage back in relationship. Well, how in the world do you do that? Well, fortunately for us, Jesus tells us how. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's not easy. But, but he gives us four simple things we can put into our life that will help us keep from being unhinged. Four things that he says to, to keep you on track. And I'm going to challenge you, if you've, if you've noticed the last two weeks, we've given you four things to help with anger, four things to help with lust. And today we're going to look at four things to help with this idea of revenge, four things to help you not get off track. So if you got a phone, pull it out, take notes, write these down. But again, I'm just going to tell you right now, we've said some laughs, we've had a good time, but we're about to dive in deep because what Jesus says isn't easy. He said, do not resist the evil person. And the very next thing he says is this. He says, serve them. Look at the verse. He says, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. If you are sued in a court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. That what Jesus says that is that if you want to keep from getting unhinged, start serving somebody by turning your cheek, by giving your coat, by going two miles with them. Serve the individual. And let's just be honest. How many of us would say that when somebody does something evil to you, your first inclination is to go, Man, how do I serve this person? None of us, right? Like, let's just admit it. That, that, that's not naturally where our emotions take us. But Jesus says, serve them, and then shows us how to do it. And then let me explain this verse a little bit, because many times it's been kind of taken out of context. And what I mean by that is, you've probably heard, turn the other cheek. And most of us think that this verse is about when you get punched, turn the other cheek. And we think of it from a pacifist point of view. And it could mean that. I'm not saying it doesn't. But what we believe and what most people, scholars believe that the verse is getting at is about when you are demeaned or when you are dishonored. Because you have to put these three things together. Turn the other cheek, give your coat, go the extra mile. They're all about serving the person when you're dishonored or demeaned. And we know that, one, just because of the language of the verse. If you'll notice, it says, if you get slapped in your, on your right cheek. Well, to get slapped on my right cheek, 
means either somebody has to slap me with an open hand of their left hand, or they have to backhand me with their right hand. And and that little bit of language there makes us believe that what Jesus is pointing at here is if you're getting backhanded. Because their culture back then was a right-handed culture that everything was dealt with from a right-hand thought process. So the idea here is if you get backhanded, if you get demeaned, if you get dishonored, the same with your coat, that if somebody sues you for your shirt, they're trying to dishonor you, demean you, give them your coat as well. If somebody tells you you got to go one mile, if they're dishonoring you because they're treating you like a pack animal, that's really what that means is the Roman soldiers, they had instituted a law that if you were Jewish and they came up and said, you have to carry my gear, by law, you would have to carry it one mile. And the soldiers would basically say that you're my dog then, you're my pack animal, and you have to carry my gear. So the Jewish people, what they would do is from their house, they would go down the road one mile and put a stake in the ground. And that way, as they carried that stuff for a mile, when they got there, they could look at the Roman soldier, put the stuff down, and say, I'm done. Jesus says, no, serve. Go the extra mile. Don't just go one, go two. When you're dishonored, when you're demeaned, turn the other cheek, give uh, your, your shirt, go the extra mile, and serve the individual. And by doing so, You're going to be different. You're going to be different than everybody else. We see that. Jesus said in another place in Scripture. It's found in Mark chapter 10. It says, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. That that Jesus came to serve. We're going to dig into this verse a lot more this week in our quest journey. If you're reading along with quest with us, you're going to to deal with this verse. But but I want you to see it in this simple way that, that when I feel like getting unhinged, when evil has been done to me, my first inclination should be to serve. And my second one should be to Give. Uh, See it there in the verse? But he came to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, So if we're thinking, how do I actually keep from seeking revenge? How how do I keep from retaliating? Well, I serve and I give. Let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. It says this: give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Like Jesus is basically telling us, if you want to do something that is totally different than how the whole world acts, is when somebody has done something evil to you, rather than resist them, rather than retaliate on them, start giving to them. Now, how many of us, again, that's the first thing we want to do to somebody who's been mean to you? None of us. The last thing you want to do is give. Well, maybe you want to give, but you probably want to give a fist or give a word or give a finger or something like that, right? That's not what Jesus is getting at. 
saying, give. Give grace. Give mercy. Give forgiveness. Give a good look, not a bad look. Give a word of encouragement, not a word of disgust. Maybe it's, maybe it's given to somebody at the office and you're like, I'm just going to come and bring them a cup of coffee. I know what they, they like to drink. I'm, I'm going to bring it because I'm going to give. Maybe it's that person at school and you're like, how, to, how can I just give encouragement or give love to them? When we do, we are opposite of everything else and we're more like Jesus. See, I gotta serve, I gotta give, and then the third one is this. I gotta love. That Jesus said it this way in that verse. He said, you've heard that the law says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies. And again, that's just not how we are as people, right? I mean, I said that we were going to dive deep. I said it was going to be tough teaching, and that's real. Because just like all of us, myself included, we're not really good at loving our enemies. We're not good at saying, man, I really want to love that person who doesn't love me. I really want to love that person who's been mean to me. I really want to love that person who's gossiped about me. But Jesus said, love your enemies. Why? Two verses later, he said it this way. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain to the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to, to your friends, how are you different than anyone else? Even pagans do that. Now, I know that word pagan is not one we use a lot anymore. What it simply means is those who don't know God. That those who don't know God are kind to those who are friends. So if we are only kind to people who we are friends with, if we only love those who love us, then we're no different than anybody else in the world. That's not what Jesus calls us to be. He says, no, you've got to love and you've got to love differently. And then he adds this fourth one. That he says, you want to keep from being unhinged? You want to keep from retaliation, from revenge? Serve, give, love, and then the fourth one, pray. That you got to start praying for the person who's been mean to you. And when I say pray, I don't mean pray that they fall off a cliff. I don't mean pray that they get leprosy. Right? Some of you are like, oh, well, I've been praying for them. <laughs> no, pray. Pray for them by name. Going back to Jesus' sermon, he said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You got to be willing to pray for them. Because here's what happens. When you start praying for somebody by name, you start living out that action. It will change your attitude. Agree? If I start praying for somebody by name, then it's going to change my 
attitude towards them. That I gotta pray that God would bless them. And again, it would be so easy to say, I don't want God to bless them. But what would happen if he would? The Apostle Paul, he said it this way in Romans. He said, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Can can you say that with me right there? That part right there? Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer evil by doing good. What is good? Serving people. What is good? Giving to people. What is good? Loving people. Praying for people. And you might hear this teaching and say, Josh, that's hard teaching. You don't understand what that person's done to me. You don't understand what they said about me. You don't understand how they were mean to my my child. I don't. But this is what I know. That we've got to take our cues from Jesus. And think about Jesus for a second. That if anybody had the right to retaliate, if anybody had the right for revenge, If anybody had the right for retribution, isn't it Jesus? Yet, while he was being punched in the face, he served. While he was being arrested in the garden, he gave freely. While he was hanging on the cross, he loved. While he was bleeding and dying, he prayed, Father, forgive them. That if anybody has the right for revenge, if anybody has the right to get unhinged, it is Jesus. But he never did. So let's follow our cue from him. And let's just, let's just see what he did for those who deserved his wrath. The prophet Isaiah, he said it this way about Jesus. It was 700 years before Jesus ever came, but this is what he said about Jesus. He said, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. Meaning Jesus looked like a common, ordinary dude. He was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. But he was pierced for our rebellion. 
He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Do you see it there? Let me look at, look at it with you. For our, for our, we. What would it look like if, if you just put your, yourself in there? What if, what if we read it different? What if we said, but he was pierced for my sins. That, that my rebellion, he was crushed for my sins. He was beaten so that I could be made whole. He was whipped so that I could be healed. Because the whole reason Jesus was on the cross was because of my sin. Agree? Your sin, my sin. Like, it floors me because it was me, even though I wasn't there two years ago or 2,000 years ago, it was guys like me who laughed at him on the cross. It was guys like me that pulled his hair off of his face. It was guys like me who put the nails into his wrist. It was guys and gals like us who said, crucify, crucify, crucify. And it would have been so easy for Jesus to call on a legion of angels and say, smite them. But look. It says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before his shears, he did not open his mouth. That Jesus didn't retaliate that he didn't seek revenge. Instead, he engaged us in relationship. He said, come to me, those of you who are weary and heaven laden. He said, follow me. He said, enter into a relationship. Guys, I need to be more like Jesus. Because I don't have people trying to kill me. I don't have people pulling out my hair. I don't have people punching me in the face. Or maybe I have somebody say a word about me every now and then. If Jesus can do what he did when he was facing death, how much more should we be able to follow in his footsteps when we're dealing with a little thing in life? Oh, I know it's hard. I know it seems hard. But I think it's actually pretty small compared to what Jesus did. So here's the challenge. We're gonna go into a time of just connecting with Jesus right now. And my challenge to, to all of us during this time is that we would recognize how much Jesus loves us and we would start saying, Jesus, I just want to love you back. 
That Jesus, I recognize the actions you had towards me, that you served me, that you gave your life to me, that you loved me, and that you prayed for me. So Jesus, I just want to love you back. But one of the ways we love him back is we start praying We start praying, Jesus, help me to love others the way you love me. Jesus, help me to serve others the way you've served me. Jesus, help me to give to others the way you've gave to me. And maybe think about that person who you want revenge on and simply start praying. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.